This is TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Over 2 million men worldwide choose Manscaped for all their below-the-waist needs. For those that love the Lawnmower 3.0, well, I got news for you. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they have successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0. The Lawnmower 4.0 gives you the ability to turn the 4000K LED spotlight on and off when needed for a more precise shave. The new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all through additional guards lengths, sizes 1 through 4. And looks wise, it's sleek with a two-tone matte and gloss finish, even features a hot foil stamp, black chrome Manscaped logo. Show your moral off loud and proud. Go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints, and you will save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. That's manscaped.com. Hey, what's going on, Who That Nation? It is yours truly, TJ Jones, the host of the State of the Saints podcast. And thank you so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast, where we talk New Orleans Saints. And on this edition, uh, we're going to be talking about the New Orleans Saints, but uh, we're really going to be talking about the NFL. Uh, We're going to be talking about the NFL's $1 billion lawsuit settlement. That's right. Uh, Former black players of the National Football League, sued the NFL for $1 billion. So we're going to be talking about that. Also, we're going to be talking about a key New Orleans Saints player that was left off the NFL top 100s list. And uh, I can't believe that we're about to have that conversation a little bit later. But let's go ahead and start um, and talk a little bit about the NFL. Uh, Like I just mentioned, the NFL uh, just reached a $1 billion uh, lawsuit settlement uh, with former black players of the National Football League. Uh, this comes uh, after um, there were some uh, <laughs> some very, very, very foul play uh, that took place. Uh, apparently, the National Football League, uh, when um, doctors were evaluating former players for things like concussions and other lingering injuries, uh, especially uh, concussions, uh, they were using things like age. Uh, they were using things like weight and height and also using things like race. That's right race they were allowing race to determine if a guy is eligible to get a settlement and apparently uh how they were using race was they were doing it based on what they felt was an african-american's cognitive skills of where it was supposed to be apparently uh they were 
you know, having African-American athletes who apparently are not on the same level as some of the white athletes that deal with concussions. So they were evaluating them based on their cognitive skills. And the cognitive skills were saying that African-American players were not on the same level uh, mentally. Um, you know, that means they weren't as smart as the white players that were evaluated. And of course, the NFL is throwing a brick and hiding their hands. Uh, of course, we want to know, uh, you know, there were some settlements that, that came out throughout the, you know, this time frame. But the NFL fails to actually show the list of individuals that actually got some settlements. Uh, you know, and apparently the reason, in my opinion, they don't want to say that and they don't want to show it is because we all know that the NFL consists of 70 percent of African-American players. And if you don't see the majority of those players on that list being African-Americans, all of a sudden you might have yourself a little bit of a problem. But apparently the NFL has reached an agreement because, you know, of course, you had uh, medical personnel saying that it was unfair to believe that NFL player that was African-American is not smart or, you know what I'm saying, don't have a certain level of cognitive cognitive skills on the same levels as white players so they completely threw that out and of course the nfl had to settle uh for one billion dollars so this was an absolute disgrace um i know some people are probably saying to themselves what did this have to do with the state of the saints podcast but i tell y'all all the time i'm a saints fan straight up but i'm a black man okay i mean it might be a shock to some of y'all out there but i'm a black guy you know what i'm saying and i love you know what I'm saying? I love Saints football. I love the NFL. But at the same time, when stuff like this is going down, we're going to talk about it. And I feel like that's an absolute disgrace. You have uh, African-American players that dominate the league as far as, you know, I'm talking about as far as how many they actually have in, in the league. And the fact that they feel like black people or black players are inferior to white players is an absolute disgrace. You know, and that goes to show you right there that the NFL has some issues that they need to deal with. There are some things that they have to clean up. And, you know, I'm tired of people just acting like these things don't, don't, uh, you know, don't exist. I'm just being dead serious. Like people are like, I want, I don't want to hear about this. Why don't you want to hear about it? Do you not want to hear about it because it makes you feel uncomfortable? Well, imagine how that makes a person like me feel <laughs> that have to hear this. You know, like, how do you think that makes me feel? You think I want to sit up here and talk to you all about this? Do you think that I want to sit up here and understand that, you know, the people that's, that's looking at me come from all different walks of life? But we have to have these type of conversations because here we are again dealing with the same BS. And it's sad. You have players, you know, from all different walks of life. But African-Americans, you know, they have a lot of those in the NFL. And these guys put their bodies on the line. They put, you know, their, their futures on the line. They go out there. Yes, you know what I'm saying? They get paid a lot of money, but it is entertaining. And the fact that how the NFL just chews these players up and spit them out is a damn shame. And if you don't feel that way and you just feel like this is just, oh, man, I'm tired of hearing about this type of stuff. I'm tired of hearing about race, this, that, and the third. Well, I feel like, you know, a part of you're a little bit a part of the problem. Because this is the reason why these problems like this get swept under the rug, because we are too afraid to have these type of conversations. We're too afraid to bring these things to the forefront. And as long as we continue to throw the brick and hide our hands, or we just feel like we ain't got no, no dog in a fight, so to speak, we're going to continue to have these type of conversations. We have to, from all different walks of life, be able to have these type of conversations because there is nowhere in the world that this type of practice should take place. 
there's no way in the world that anybody in 2021 should feel like there aren't African-American players that are down here and up here and they're not smarter than this this particular group. Like, knock it off. Knock it off. Uh, the NFL got what they deserved, uh, you know, a, a kick in the rear end, $1 billion. And if you look at how many players that have played over the course of time in 102 years of the National Football League and how many people actually got a settlement, I mean, they ought to tell you everything you need to know right there. I think I want to say about 8,000 or something like that actually uh, filed. Only about 1,300 to 1,400 players actually got it. Like, what the hell is that? Are you are you kidding me? The NFL continues to throw the brick and hide their hand. They continue to do these practices. They continue to put these doctors who are in their back pocket on the field telling these players, oh, you're good enough to work. Oh, you're good enough to run out there. You're good enough to go out there and play. I mean, come on. If we're talking about the Saints, look at Delvin Bro. Look at Delvin Bro, man. Those doctors had Delvin Bro looking like a straight sucker. Had this man looking like he was soft. Man said he couldn't even run on his doggone leg. But the doctor up there trying to clear him. Oh, he just don't want to play. Oh, he just don't want to play. Turns out his leg broke. The NFL needs to get their stuff together. But they're going to continue to have these type of issues. They're going to continue to have these type of problems. I don't feel bad for the National Football League. Am I a fan of the NFL? Of course. That's why I have this podcast. That's why I root for the Saints. But when we're evaluating guys who are hurt, when we're evaluating guys who have concussions, look, these guys put everything they have on the line for your organization's. And as long as the NFL keep on chewing people up and spitting them out, they're going to continue to have these lawsuits, man. But I'm happy these guys got their settlement. Hopefully this guy, these guys can actually, you know, maybe get some insurance, you know, pay for them to be able to take care of themselves for the rest of their lives, be able to get themselves, you know, the proper medication that they need. You still have older players who didn't make as much play, make as much money as some of these modern day players that, that are struggling right now who are crawling around here who can't get adequate insurance, but this is a, 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 a multi-billion dollar organization. That is the national football league. Something has to give folks. Something has to give. Now I'm talking about just NFL players as a whole. Something has to give, you know, we, we, it has to go beyond us just cheering for these individuals. And I know, you know what I'm saying? Like when we're in the heat of the moment and we're watching these guys and they get hurt and we, we say stuff like, oh, man, they always hurt. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like they don't know. Play. I get it. But at the same time, you want these guys to be taken care of, man. There's no reason why the NFL should make all this money and you still have players out here that are walking around here, don't know where the hell they at. You know what I'm saying? Have to take notes in order for them to remember what they did two hours ago. Because they can't do, you know, they can't go out here and get the proper care that they need in order to take care of themselves. And these guys shouldn't have to go out here hunting down the NFL for them to get anything. So they got what they deserve, in my opinion. You know? But let me go ahead and go to the comments. I appreciate everybody for being here. Sorry, we have to start on such a somber note, and I understand how this makes people feel, but it is what it is, man. It, it, it needs to change. The practices need to change, and 
determining if people get proper care based on race that that's absolutely disgusting that is that is disgusting folks dlp 2600 says saints brain left off list doesn't surprise me that becomes standard unfortunately that's true that's definitely true uh but we'll talk about uh that individual a little bit later trevi says what up tj brut what's going on jerry says welcome back everyone yeah i did a show earlier today uh the lawnmower uh 4.0 uh, thank you very much for the two two dollars says I'll be the reason your woman is happy. <laughs> yeah, thank you very much. That is definitely right, man. And um, of course, we know that the State of the Saints podcast brought to you by Manscaped and they're promoting the lawnmower 4.0 uh, for the month of June. So you need to purchase yourself one. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, Marshall Nelson, Malcolm Harbert. Uh, what up, TJ? Hey, what's going on, Ricky? Appreciate you being here. Jeremiah says, amen. I never heard anything about this lawsuit. Damn. Uh, it's funny how I found this out, DLP 2600. DLP, I, I actually found this out because <laughs> um, I just finished uh, eating dinner. Uh, me, me, my wife, and, and um, Paxton, uh, we went to a, a Mexican restaurant. And of course, you know, they had like the televisions everywhere and stuff like that. I had a television that was facing you know, the, the bar and it had ESPN Deportes on and my wife, uh, she, she had the TV was facing uh, ESPN and she was like, wow, you know, the NFL got sued for a billion dollars. And I'm like, what, what happened? You know? And, and of course, you know, I had to read up on it and stuff like that because the TV was muted. Uh, but it just sad that this situation had to occur, man. And, um, doesn't surprise me that it just automatically just boom, popped in your face. Nobody was really saying anything about it because we know how the NFL works. They like to protect their interests. Okay. They don't want people to look at the NFL in a negative light. All right. Um, so it didn't surprise me, man, but it's sad. It just said that, that we even have to have this type of conversation in 2021. Mario says the lawsuit should have ate the NFL up. Yeah. I mean, $1 billion. I mean, <laughs> to us, that sounds like a lot of money, you know what I'm saying? That, that's, that's a sick amount of money, but, to the NFL compared to like how much money they got, that's a drop in a bucket. And also they haven't even really got into that TV deal that they got. Uh, this must be a leftover policy from the 1950s or something. Uh, Josh, no, not, not necessarily. What, what happened was um, there are some medical researchers out there, right? Who feel like in order for uh, a doctor to come up with a, a better prognosis for an individual, uh, they they do certain things like when they evaluate them, they evaluate them on and like just like anything, right? Let's just say, for example, like you, you know, like when people say, "Okay, how tall are you?" Uh, okay, I'm about five ten, five eleven. Well, you're supposed to be this, you know. what I'm saying if you're this height, you're this weight. If you're this nationality or this, you know, what I'm saying like you're supposed to be this size or whatever. You know, it's kind of like the same thing. So they took the that type of practice and they applied it uh, to. You know, the NFL, when they're evaluating people for concussions, like former players. So what they were doing was they were, you know, evaluating. How, how can you, like, first off, okay, I you Josh, for example. Josh is white. I'm black, right? If we both have concussions, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and he don't remember and I don't remember. Okay, what's the difference? You know what I'm saying? You got a black and a white guy that don't remember. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't think, I don't think. That, you know, said it, it, it should be any different, you know, say so it shouldn't be like, oh, well, you know, you came from New Orleans, you were born and raised in the night ward. Uh, they had substandard educational systems and 
And you know what I'm saying? You're supposed to read at this level and everybody around you read at this level. And, you know, and, you know, so I need to base, you know, saying your test on this. Think about that. Right. OK, think about this, folks. Think about somebody evaluating where you're from, what school you went to, the people around you that went to that school. Think about people evaluating you based on it. You know, like if that's the case, then everybody in the world should basically be scared of everybody from the night ward. Right. They should be basically, you know, what I'm saying, because that, that's what they tell you. They tell you that New Orleans around the night ward, eight ward area is full of crime. Uh, you know, what I'm saying poverty stricken individuals, low educational system. I shouldn't be here. Right. If ever if, if if we were based in life on how they were based in that test, I wouldn't be here right now. You probably wouldn't be in the position you are in right now. Think about that. And all, and for all, you know what I'm saying? I'm not even looking at it from just a black standpoint because some of the, the white listeners of this show and other cultures that listen to this show, you understand what I'm saying too. Think about that. Think about somebody evaluating you based on your circumstance. Everybody wasn't born with a silver spoon in their mouth. Everybody didn't go to the top high schools. Everybody, mom and dad couldn't pay for them to go to private school. So just imagine if somebody were, if you were sick or you were hurt or you needed some type of medication and they'd saying, well, I would give you this medication, but according to your scores, because you went to this school, because you grew up in this area, we can't give it to you. Now, if you actually went to St. Mary's or, or Archbishop, you know what I'm saying? Archbishop uh, Newman, or you went to Rummel, then all of a sudden, like, I would have gave it to you. But because you went to Carver High School, because you went to Douglas, because you went to John Mack, because you went to 35 Warren Eastern, nah, I can't give it to you. Imagine how that would make you feel. That doesn't make sense at all. That, that, that's that's why I'm, I'm just trying to make sure everybody, like, I don't want this to be, you know what I'm saying, or oh, a black, you know what I'm saying, a black-white thing. But just imagine how that would make you feel if somebody did that to you. Oh, I would offer you the job. Yeah, I understand you went to Michigan. I understand that you graduated. You got yourself a degree. But, hey, you know what I'm saying? I got to look at the fact of where you came from. Come on, man. Knock it off. That is that is absolutely ridiculous. That is that is so dumb. And they should. They, they got what they deserve, man. I'm sorry, folks. You know, it's <laughs> just absolutely dumb. Uh, I'm getting Jim Crow vibes. Yeah, that was stupid. Like, why would they? Why? Like, OK, I understand why they did it. OK, I mean, wait, come on. Let's, let's be honest about this. We know why they did it because they didn't want to pay them. They didn't want to pay them. We know that. But it don't make it right. Don't make it right, man. I love learning the more I know, the better I become and grow as a human. Yeah, Rudy, uh, that, that's the truth, man. And like I said, man, I'm not trying to make this a black and white thing. I want people to understand from a certain standpoint. I, I, I want everybody from every walk of life to understand and just imagine. Just, just close your eyes and imagine the, the, some of the hardships that some of you have been through. Some of you probably didn't have to go through those hardships. Some of you... God bless you. You know what I'm saying? Your parents were able to put you in better situations. And I applaud you for that because that's what we all aspire to do. We all want our children to have a better life than we had. Period. So I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I'm not judging you, but I'm just saying for those that probably didn't grow up in those circumstances and for those that did, imagine somebody evaluating you 
and, and, and depriving you of something because of based on what you did or where you came from. That is absolutely ridiculous. Like you're not smart enough. You know, <laughs> like that, that's basically what they say. Like, ah, based on this, you're, you're not ve- like, oh, come on, man. That's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. Uh, we talk about uh, everything else. This is a long ending, com- long ended conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is. But I know this is off topic, but this reminds me of how back in the day they were unaware of how concussions are dangerous to players and can kill people. Rudy, here's the reality of it. Nobody wants to hear that, right? Nobody wants to hear this. It's no different between people want like not want to sit down and discuss certain things about race. You know what I'm saying? Talk about our uncomfortabilities towards each other. It's the same thing. Nobody wants to hear that noise. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to be the Debbie Downer in the situation. I mean, it's just the truth. The NFL is a multi-billion dollar corporation that regardless to what they do people are still going to watch their product they don't want negative publicity you that like honestly for i I can't remember who just said this and i apologize uh who just mentioned this in the comments i want to say dlp did dlp says i didn't even know it happened i'm not shocked of course i feel like oh you know let's just go ahead and get this out here we gave them the money now let's move on right but if somebody was doing their due diligence, if there was a report out there that was covering this like the Washington Post did the Watergate scandal, then trust and believe that you will hear about this. But the NFL, of course, they have all these different people to keep this stuff on lock and key. Of course, you're going to publicize it because, of course, it happened. But imagine if they were doing this like how they covered Deshaun Watson over the last couple couple months. Everybody would have something to say. I mean, I've watched a lot of debate shows. I watch First Take. I watch Undisputed. I never heard this topic come up. I never heard any settlements or any any type of uh, thing going on in court about concussions for black players. I didn't hear about that. But I heard about it today on a late edition of SportsCenter. Think that's a coincidence? I think not, folks. Yeah, they need to pay up. Uh, this doesn't surprise me at all. Unfortunately, they hide for years all the CTE situations while people were having all kinds of issues with their health while turning heads. CTE is a real thing, folks. That's the reason why, you know, when I sit up here and I talk about guys like Nick East, right? You know, I talk about him and everybody was talking about how Nick Easton was a really good offensive lineman. And people were like, I want to see him come back. Not me. When I start seeing guys having three and four concussions, I don't want to see that guy for a while. I want to make sure that this guy be able to talk to his family and be able to interact with his with his kids when he's 40, 50 years old. Because like I said, sometimes, you know, we, we get all wrapped up into these players and we forget sometimes that these guys are human. I mean, I do it too. You know what I'm saying? I'll be upset and frustrated when I see a key player for the Saints get hurt, have a concussion. Like, like I think about that game with the, uh, the 49ers, right? A couple years back. When when Jared Cook was out there balling, Jared Cook had two receptions, two touchdowns. They could not guard Jared Cook in that game. Jared Cook gets a concussion, goes out, and that was a huge blow. I was really upset. I was like, man, look at this junk here. Part of me was like, man, I wish he can still play. 
That you know what I'm saying? That's that's the that's the fan inside of me. But when I have an opportunity and logic sit um sits in, I realize this man got a family. I think Jerry Cook got like five kids. Yeah, I think he has a daughter, if I'm not mistaken, with Down syndrome. You know what I'm saying? Who who he needs, you know what I'm saying, to be able to take care of. That that is that is something that we don't think about. And I understand it as a fan, but we need to. Concussions are real, man. CTE is real. And we can't blow that off, man. We can't blow that off. TJ, people don't want to hear the truth and face the real reality when it comes to race. Yeah, I mean, it's just the truth. But we got to have these type of conversations. You know, I mean, look, honestly, you know, I don't care how people think, you know what I'm saying, when I start talking about situations like this. Because here's reality, man. We're going to be stuck in the same situation if we don't be, if we're not able to have conversations with one another. If we're not able to open up and, and address these situations that are going on in this world, we're going to continue to have the same problems. Okay. I mean, it's it just the truth. We don't want to hear because, like I said, it, it, it brings down the mood. But, you know, I mean, look, they're doing exactly. What they want us to do. They want me over here. They want you over there. They don't want us to meet in the middle. Because why? Because we'll really figure out what the hell going on. Facts. But we got to be able to have these type of conversations. And we got to be able to, you know, undress ourselves, you know what I'm saying? And be able to be able to think. And, and, and stop walking around with these shields on. You know what I'm saying? Be, you know what I'm saying? Trying to protect ourselves. We got to allow ourselves to let our head down and have these type of conversations. If we do, then things will be a lot better. If you don't, then you feel like you have everything figured out. Well, like they say, if you think you got everything figured out, what the hell you got to talk to me for? But we don't. This is this this shouldn't happen in 2021. Who believes Roger Goodell needs to be fired? Roger Goodell isn't going anywhere, Rudy, because Roger Goodell has put the NFL in position it has never, ever been. It has been making more money than it has ever made in is 102 years of existence. So trust and believe the guy who is the cash cow, the guy who is bringing all of this to the forefront, the guy who is making all of this possible, they're going to keep it. They're going to keep it. He's not going anywhere. He's here to stay. Uh, I can fart as good as any white dude. I'll be real. Thank you very much for that comment. <laughs> AJ Farmer says you should get Delvin on the podcast. I thought, you know, I thought about getting Delvin bro on there, but you know, Delvin got his uh, own thing going. I know I was supposed to have him on here before, but you know, some things happened. So, yeah. So I, I, I'm pretty sure we'll, you know, I'll probably get him down, uh, get him on here in the future. Uh, if y'all believe like me that Roger Goodell should be fired effective immediately, put one in the chat. <laughs> Like I said, Jerry, he's not going anywhere, man. It, it, it's hard for, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, it's hard for a farmer, <laughs> no pun intended, AJ Farmer, but <laughs> they're, you know, they're not going to get rid of their cash cow. A farmer is not going to get rid of his cash cow. So these owners love what Roger Goodell is doing. I agree with you, TJ. Pure disgusting. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Beacon says, yes, this is a large part uh, of concussions. A lot. RJ Mason said, what up, TJ? Who that? Uh, what did I miss? Uh, some about a, a $1 million lawsuit settlement uh, between black players in the National Football League. Um, 
apparently they were using like you know you know improper evaluations uh using players race to decide if a player is eligible to get compensation uh, once they retire get certain benefits so of course you know nfl got sued for one billion dollars concussions are and is a serious problem that can uh, cause lasting mental health problems or even death they seriously need to utilize injections uh for a blatant, a blatant blow uh a shot cook is an example uh the damage done you look man i mean it, not only jared cook but so many other players so many other players that you can just think of man i mean i don't know if some of you seen that movie uh concussion with will smith but you think about mike webster you know what i'm saying his teammates you know like all these guys you know all these different headshots in the 70s and stuff like that they didn't have the proper protection back in the days uh concussions were weren't looked at the way that they are right now you know people weren't looking at these guys you know they used to call them stingers guys get a, a blow to the head oh man you know what I'm saying I, I got a stinger i you know take a couple plays off put some water in your eyes and go back out there like mm-mm. you know these guys need help man and then on top of that man these guys weren't getting paid paid a lot of money like these guys getting paid today and you know you look at somebody like Patrick Mahomes, he's about to get a half he got a half a billion dollar contract you probably can line up all the players in the 1970s you know say big contracts to little contracts and they won't even equate to how much Patrick Mahomes made that 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 goes to tell you that goes to show you how much money that is take every single player who probably played and coaches in the 1970s and I guarantee you add all their salaries up and they probably still can't equal or you know what I'm saying can't even equal to what Patrick Mahomes probably get between the you know what I'm saying the incentives and all like a half a billion dollars no sir that is that is insane uh let's see chosen thank you very much for the 499 says nino brown voice i wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth (laughs) miss hawkins (laughs) thank you very much for the 499 yeah man um evaluating somebody based on you know what you feel like the 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 iq is 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 ridiculous man i'm from the 17 and i'm to tuck my chain in my shirt while listening to this podcast um louisiana and mississippi has such, uh, so much uh, poor people and poor education yeah i mean look they're bottom of the barrel right you know i think if i'm not mistaken louisiana maybe like 49th mississippi like 50 or and alabama you know what i'm saying they up there too so i don't know if 48 49 and 50 i mean low educational systems you know poverty stricken areas you know like th- Man, just imagine somebody evaluating you based on that. It's ridiculous. Coming from Louisiana and living here all my life, I agree. Yeah. The State of the Saints uh, podcast, Big Q says, hey, tell Big Q I said what up. Shouts out to Big Q. Says, does anyone know if Anthony or Brittle Davis played tonight? I don't know, man. They say it was a game time decision uh, with a growing injury. Um, I don't know, man. If he plays tonight, it's because the media really been getting at him. Uh, white, black, we all the same in God's eyes. Absolutely, Caleb. Only If only the, all of the world understood that. Are you saying specifically Gulfport is better than most of state 
Um, I'm just making general uh, statements from recent history, but they ain't changed. Nah, man. I mean, look, all of them at the bottom of the totem pole. You know, I mean, just just being real. Educational systems are, are really at an all time low in, in those states. Uh, let's see. Even though we are poor, I believe we make do uh, with what we have and we help those around us. That the beauty of community. Yeah, it is beautiful. You know, that when you have a community that rally around each other, um, I, I do feel like this. There's, there's a level of unity that still needs to take place, um, you know, in some of these communities. But, you know, when you're, you're in like smaller areas, when everybody know everybody, there is a more of a tendency of being able to help one another and stuff like that. I think this is becoming a lost art, though, unfortunately. The NFL doesn't care about the players' well-being and safety. They need to be embarrassed of themselves. Rand, they're not embarrassed. They're not embarrassed. Uh, you think uh, you think the NFL is embarrassed? If they were embarrassed, they wouldn't ask players to play on Sunday and then turn around and play on a Thursday night. Uh, they wouldn't have all these different games on these short weeks. Uh, you know what I'm saying? They wouldn't ask some of these players uh, to play through some of these, these, these issues. You know, they wouldn't try to convince these players to keep playing because we need you. When you know for a fact, you know, if you're talking to a doctor and that doctor has went to school and he understands like if a player continue to play on an ankle or he continue to play with that shoulder, or he continues to play with that, that head injury that is going to continue to have lingering effects. But I need you out there because we got to beat Tampa or we got to beat uh, the Chargers or we got to beat the Raiders like they don't care, man. They don't care. Yes, yes, yes. Concussions change your life immediately. Seriously. Yeah. The White House barely could keep stuff on the DL. <laughs> I mean, look, we we know that there are stories out there. If you have a, a you know, there, there are stories that, that should be brought to the forefront that are, that are kept on a hush. I think we can agree to that. I, you know, I'll let you pick whatever you think. But there are stories out there that we all know that uh, they keep on a hush. Al Sharpton, thank you very much for the $2. Says, I'm going to figure out how to cash in on this situation. <laughs> ah, man. Uh, <laughs> look, um, I have my opinions about, you know, you know, these leaders and stuff like that, man. Um, I'll keep that for another show. But, um, you know, I don't feel like any, I'll just leave it at this. I don't feel like anybody needs to capitalize on somebody's, uh, you know, failures or anybody's hurt. Um, I feel like anybody that's doing that and don't have that person's well-being uh, at heart when you're doing it. I, I feel like the world can do without those individuals. Uh, Tyrone says, I've been a Saints fan since Jim Haslett uh, and the lunchbox. Okay, and uh, and uh, okay, all right, man. You know, been a fan since what, about two thousand. Okay, well, shouts out to you, man. Thank you for being here, Tyrone. And um, you know, this is a, a the Saints podcast. We talk New Orleans Saints. You know, that's all we talk about here for the most part, unless they have something serious that goes down, like the topic of the night uh, or the day or the the evening, whenever you're checking out the podcast. So, thank you, thank you for being here. Um. Oh, RJ. RJ says it's just uh like when uh Tommy Lee Lewis got hurt, TJ. Uh we was uh hold on, we was playing in the playoff game. 
Uh, are you talking about talking about that uh that nine call? You know, are you talking about when he got hit and it was the, the nine call? <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> I mean, look, <laughs> that was one of them times I wish he would have been, you know, uh, not that they seriously hurt, but at least played hurt, you know, like, man, I, I joke about that, but hey, they they would have had to peel, they would have had to peel me off that field, man. I would have went limp. I would have been like, uh, if you ever seen, uh, <laughs> you ever seen uh, movie Cuba Gun Jr. and, um, and um, Tom Cruise, right? <laughs> when uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. was the wide receiver, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jerry Maguire, when <laughs> when he ended up getting hurt and he was on the field or whatever like that, he didn't move. Then all of a sudden the crowd just started cheering, stuff like that. He got up, he started break dancing. <laughs> that would have been me. I would have been Cuba Gooding Jr. I would have got knocked out cold. I mean, it would have had to pick me up off that field, man. I'm sorry. I'm glad he was okay, though, but. Man, I, I would have had to fake it to make it that day. <laughs> Tyra says the truth of I come to know is that people only address what they want to, or they would uh, rather cover up the issues because the only way to affect real change is to come together and truthfully band it together scares people. Pay attention, folks. Uh, yeah, I mean that's just the truth right there. You know, um, if. <laughs> The work, they, they don't want us to come together. You know what I'm saying? The establishment don't want blacks and whites and Asians and Hispanics and, you know, gay and straight. They don't, they don't want them to come together, man, because if they do, then they're going to, you know, get together and realize who the real, what the real problems are. You know? I mean, it's it just what it is, man. Like, man, I, I just feel like sometimes we just so misguided, man, and there's, there's just so much white noise you know, that, that blocks, uh, you know what I'm saying, blocks us from really know what's going on, you know what I'm saying, like, that makes us hate one another, that makes us, like, so distant from one another, like, there, there's not a television show, there's not a, there's not a movie you can watch to help you understand, you know, what goes on in a black community, because every situation is different, there's not a movie that you can watch, in my opinion, that can tell you about the white community, you know, like we're all getting told about one another through movies and, and, and news coverage, but that doesn't always, that's not always the case. Like how many conversations have you had with people that look like, you know, that don't look like you, how many, you know what I'm saying? Conversations have you had with individuals that, that been from these areas, you know, it's not a time that doesn't go by. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking to folks and, you know, every now and then, you know, they'll tell me, oh, you're, you're not what I thought you were. Like, huh, what, what did you think I was? You know, like stuff like that. Like we, we miss out on getting to know some really good people because we think we have everything figured out. That is, that's asinine. That's asinine, folks. You know, we have to get to know each other, man. Cut the TV off. Like, don't y'all know this is entertainment that y'all watching? You know, it's entertainment. It's here to entertain you. It's here to tell you what you want to hear. It's here to tell you, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. You know what I'm saying? There's something wrong with them, right? And, and we we become accustomed to listening to things that that we feel are right in our heart. But sometimes we have to look over that fence, man, and see what's going on. You know, it may not be that bad, but there's always telling, like, it's always something that that they tell you to be afraid of. 
My question is, what are you afraid of? And think about this. What what has triggered that fear? Think about this, man. You know, I, I tell my, you know, I tell Paxton all the time, right? When when me and my wife are cooking, he get over there, you know, and all on the stove. We have a gas stove, and you know, you get close to it, like, oh no, it's hot. We'll tell him it's hot, right? But he never burnt himself, right? And when he sees the fire on, he'll say hot, hot. But he never, like, he never experienced that. He only knows that it's something, it's it's a fear because we're telling him this. We're instilling that in him. But one day I'm pretty sure he's going to burn himself. Hopefully, you know what I'm saying? Hopefully not bad, but he might touch something that's hot. And he's going to experience that heat. That, okay, when my dad says hot or my mom says hot, this is what they're talking about. How many times have we went into the belly of the beast, that, that beast that we're supposed to be afraid of? How many times have we went there? Or is it somebody telling us about that beast? Is it somebody telling us that we need to be scared of that dog over there? Is it is it is it is it somebody telling us that oh people are trying to take things away from us? If you're deprived, if you're poor, if you're disenfranchised, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, if you're watching social media and you're seeing a dude that lived down the street from you taking a better trip than you took in the last five years. You know what I'm saying? Like all that stuff is getting instilled inside of you. That anger is balling up. And of course, we don't want to have these type of conversations. We don't want to have these come to Jesus meetings with ourselves and say, man, there's something wrong with me. (laughs) There's something wrong with that person. Right. They don't work as hard as me. I'm out here busting my tail every single day. What makes them different from me? How are you feeling this way, folks? Did anybody do something to you personally? Did anybody hurt you personally? Did anybody touch your family personally? Are you being told these things? You have to learn from one another. Period. Have these conversations. Stop allowing outside forces to mess with your mind. You know, create your own narrative. Find your own conclusions. That's all I'm saying. Or what about Mike Dicker days? Uh, They were a terrible team, 3 and 13. I went to games with my dad those years. I was like, this team is terrible. Yeah, Chris, uh, they weren't very good when Mike Dicker was here. Um, I feel like that was during a time when in it, when the Saints really had no identity. They were a desperate football team, and they seen a head coach who had some success in Chicago. And, you know, Mike Dicker, to me, is an egomaniac, um, is a person that I feel, um, you know, he he thinks that, which he does deserve some credit. But let, let's just be honest about this, man. You had the godfather of the 46 defense and Buddy Ryan, who made that defense one of the most feared and well-respected defenses in NFL history. And some people can say that Mike Dicker kind of rolled the wave of Bud, of Bud, uh, Buddy Ryan's success. I think it's a coincidence that when Buddy Ryan left, went to Philadelphia, all of a sudden the, the Chicago Bears just fell off defensively. They took steps back. I think that's a coincidence. So I just feel like the New Orleans Saints were desperate and they, they needed a shot in the arm. They needed identity. And I feel like they gave Mike Dicker way too much leeway. And Mike Dicker being 
a man with a huge ego felt like, oh, what this snake bitten no good franchise can tell me. Y'all ain't never, y'all want nothing. So all y'all can do is just sit back and watch me work. And what he did, he ran his franchise into the ground by squandering all them draft picks for Ricky Williams, which, you know what I'm saying, Ricky Williams was a hell of a talent coming out of Texas. But come on, man, if you can't get Ricky, you just can't get Ricky. I'd rather sit up here and just, you know, get draft, draft players that I feel like can help this team benefit. And you end up setting this team back for years because they're not only did they lose every draft pick they had in that draft, but they lost first round draft picks the following draft. You're, you're so it, it was it, it was a terrible experience. Um, worst thing, probably one of the worst things to happen to the Saints franchise. And that's saying a lot. And in my opinion, he was one of the worst coaches, I, I you know, the Saints had, you know, I mean, when you're looking at and evaluating coaches, I mean, he's going to be on that list because there's not much to choose from. It's like it's like Jim Mora. It's like Jim, um, Sean Payton, Jim Mora, and everybody else. And you probably can throw Jim Haslett up in there. So you can say, you know, Sean Payton, Jim Mora, Jim Haslett, and everybody else. So. <laughs> Jasper says, I'm from a... Bruce Lee, Louisiana, a small town, and we poor people, as my grandma would say. Yeah, uh, look, look, man, <laughs> we we all understand, man. You know, like, I, like, well, I don't want to say we all understand, but I definitely understand. You know, I understand about being poor. Um, I understand about not having. Um, I, I just don't want anybody to evaluate me based on where I came from, you know? I mean, we only can play with the hand that we were dealt, right? That's all we can do. But we can't rise above our circumstances. And even if you are poor, right, you still can be rich at heart, rich in mind. You know, like, I mean, that's just the truth. Like, your circumstance, you know what I'm saying, you can always rise above it. See, the problem is, is when you fall into that trap. When when you're when you're made to believe that this is your circumstance and you're never going to get out that circumstance. You're never going to you're never going to grow. You're never going to evolve. That's when you lost. That's when you become a true failure. You know, but. You know, you got to do what you got to do. You got to make the best of your situation and you don't want to be. You don't want to be judged based on your circumstance. Whoever asked a question about AD, he is playing tonight. No setbacks and warm up. Uh, figures with the elimination game and playoff exit at state. I expect them to play. Still hope the Suns win, though. Not a fan of either team. Uh, look, uh, Anthony Davis uh, got punked into playing. Yes, I said it. he got punked into playing tonight. If he plays tonight, he got punked into playing because everybody has been saying what everybody in New Orleans have known since Anthony Davis uh, left Kentucky. And he became, you know what I'm saying, a, a member of the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, he always was hurt. An spectacular player. Like they say, he's hell when he's well. But he's always hurt. Period. I mean, now all of a sudden it's on a larger scale now and everybody paying attention to it. And it is such a big deal now because he's not just playing for the lowly uh, 30 in the league when it comes to media market Pelicans. Oh, no, 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 no. He's playing with LeBron in L.A. He's playing for the Lakers. So all of a sudden it's just, 
it's such a huge deal now. But this guy's been this guy for <laughs> for a long time. Okay, I mean, you know, some of these people are just late to the party. They just late, but he got punked into playing tonight. If nobody would have said anything, Anthony Davis hurt. If 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 Charles Barkley wouldn't have talked about him, if everybody went around here talking about Anthony Davis always hurt, Anthony Davis would have been in street clothes. If he's not in street clothes already. Now, Tyra said he's playing tonight. Uh, so he got punked into playing. If nobody would have said anything, trust and believe Anthony Davis would not be playing tonight. His ego has got him playing tonight. He will not. He will not be playing. That's just my honest opinion. But man, let's go ahead and move on, man. Let's go ahead and move on. But before we do, uh, letting everybody know that the State of the Saints podcast is brought to you by Manscaped.com, the official sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. And right now, we all know that uh, Father's Day is just around the corner. I think it's June twentieth, if I'm not mistaken. And what better gift can you give to your dad or to yourself than the lawnmower 4.0? And let me grab it real quick so everybody can see it. This is the lawnmower 4.0 from Manscaped, okay? Uh, if you go to manscaped.com, use the promo code State of Saints. That's all one word. You can save 20% off of the lawnmower 4.0 as well as other Manscaped items. Don't matter if you spend $100 or $10, use that promo code State of Saints, all one word, and you will save 20% off on all manscape items and also have some good news if you didn't hear already uh, state of saints podcast will be partnering with the pigskin podcast network starting in august that's right uh thank you to the pigskin podcast network as well as amaze media labs uh your boy the state of saints podcast yes that's right we got some corporate backing now ladies and gentlemen uh the pie the pigskin podcast network happy to be on board and uh, the State of Saints podcast starting this 2021 football season will be sponsored by DraftKings. That's right. DraftKings. All right. So definitely excited about that. Glad to be on board. Uh, a newly up and coming media, um, you know, media program uh, in Amaze Media Labs. Great to be a part of their sports division. And um, man, just looking forward to it, man. Just looking forward to it. Not much is going to change. You know, I'm still going to be on youtube still gonna be the state of the saints podcast uh just you know just got a maze media lab as a partner and still gonna be a uh, sponsored by manscape manscape still here and uh i'm just looking forward to him i'm excited about it man we come a long way and you know i'm just excited about the direction this show is going in and everything that's going on and man we ain't stopping man i'm, I'm not satisfied yet i won't i won't be satisfied until the state of the saints podcast is number one all right. Until it's number one, until it's I won't say until until <laughs> it's number one. That's when I rest. OK, right now I'm happy. Number five. You know what I'm saying? You know, top 10 globally. You know, like we, we're in the top 10 globally around the world. Top five in the country. Cool. I'm all I'm all for that. Great. But. I want to be the absolute best. I want to be the absolute best. I ain't going to lie to you. When I get behind the mic. Nothing is on my mind except being one of the best and give you the best experience possible. All right. No disrespect to any other podcast out there. Great podcast. But your boy want to be the best. And I feel like if you're not trying to be the best, then what are you doing it for? (laughs) 
So thank y'all so much, man, for making this show possible. Thank you for all the people out there that have stuck stuck with me since day one. Uh, you know, shouts out to all the people out there that understand that uh, you know, it's all love and you know, I you know, instead of the people that be crying in the chat, oh, you ain't look at my comments. You ain't look at my comments. Like, thank you for all those people out there that understand it's all love. And, you know what I'm saying, my love is not, you know what I'm saying, like based on me reading your comments, you know, for some apparent reason, it just means so much to so many people out there, you know, and if I don't read your comments, then I'm fake and phony and I'm Hollywood and all that other crap, which is hilarious to me. I'm about as far as Hollywood as you can get, you know, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, you know what I'm saying, I'm definitely suitable South Carolina from California is a very long way. So definitely ain't Hollywood over here, you know, and never will be. Clay says, love the podcast, bro. Best Saints coverage out here right now. Keep it up, bro. Clay, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Agenda 21 is real. If we overcome our differences, we can stop it. Tough to do, Josh, when uh, man, so many people just listen to the nonsense. You know, if you love the State of the Saints podcast, go ahead and um, give your boy a thumbs up, man. Let everybody know you're loving the podcast. False narratives are going down. People are waking up more now. I agree with that. I agree. There are a lot of people waking up. But, man, let's go ahead and move on, man. We talked a little bit. We talked longer than I wanted to about that whole situation. But let's go ahead and talk about the NFL Top 100 uh, brought to you by CBS, okay? Uh, CBS had an NFL Top 100, and uh, apparently – uh, they had some Saints on a, on on the list. Of course, they had Michael Thomas. Uh, they had uh, Ryan Armstead, uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, guys like that. You know, but they were missing Ryan Ramchick. That's right, Ryan freaking Ramchick did not make the list once again. Ryan Ramchick getting snubbed from a list. This is absolutely ridiculous. The way that they just completely snubbed Ryan Ramchick. Now, y'all know how I feel about Ryan Ramchick. I, I will tell you, Ryan Ramchek is the best Saints player on the team to me, okay? Like, we fall in love with the receivers and the quarterbacks, but no, Ryan Ramchek to me, when we're talking about football players, Ryan Ramchek to me is the best player on the Saints team, okay? You can talk about Alvin Kamara and his talent. You can talk about Michael Thomas and his talent. Ryan Ramchek is the truth. And the fact that this guy continuously, continuously gets snubbed the way that he does the way that nobody really pays attention to the greatness of Orion Ramchek is absolutely embarrassing. It is sickening. This guy continuously does his job game in, game out, always ranked in the top two or three, according to pro football focus at his position, had one of the best defensive ends of this generation, and J.J. White held him to not a single statistical tackle or sack in a game versus the Houston Texans when the Saints played them a couple of years ago. This guy barely, this guy doesn't give up sacks. This guy barely gets any flags called on him. Even on his worst day, he's still one of the best right tackles in football. Yet this guy never makes the Pro Bowl. Yet this guy never gets mentioned for all pro. And yet again, you don't put this guy on the list as an NFL top 100 player. First off, I'm wondering to myself, who the hell is making this list? Number two, are the players having anything to do with these lists? And number three, is Ryan Ramchek a victim of his own greatness? That's right. Is it the fact that Ryan Ramchek does his job so well that nobody pays attention to him? So maybe Ryan Ramchek needs to give up a couple sacks in order for him to come back a couple weeks later and and play better. 
Maybe he needs, needs to do that because I don't believe there is no earthly reason why Ryan Ramchek isn't on anybody's list. I don't understand how Ryan Ramchek is not an all pro. I don't understand how he just continuously gets snubbed during a Pro Bowl. And I get it, right? When you look at the news, when you're looking at all of this coverage out here, I get it. They want to talk about the Cowboys at nauseum. They want to talk about the Patriots at nauseum. They want to talk about the Steelers. I get it. The Saints are somewhere on the back page of somewhere between page 17 and page 18. But at the same time, when you have all of these damn primetime games, when you have all of this different exposure, when you see Drew Brees in a pocket, you know what I'm saying, with time to live in a ball down the field, how do you think he's having that time? Do you care to look at the front line? Do you care to look at the offensive line at all? Ryan Ramchek is a really good right tackle. If Ryan Ramchek, when he gets his contract, I would not be upset. I don't care what anybody says. You can get mad. You can whine. You can boo-hoo. You can talk about contract. Man, he, he no, 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 no. We talk about this all the time. We talk about how players don't deserve the money that they get. Ryan Ramchek deserves to be the highest paid right tackle in football. And if that sets the Saints back, then so be freaking it. Because that guy earned every dime of his money. And the NFL is doing this guy a disservice, right? And I feel like the Saints are some straight-up bona fide certified suckers if they use these type of analytics as leverage not to pay this dude. Seriously, because we know how the NFL works. Oh, well, you didn't make the Pro Bowl. Well, you weren't the first team all pro. It was no fault of his own. Pay this man his money. He deserves every dime of his money. He deserves to be the highest paid right tackle in football. And if you're a Saints fan and if you're using logic, you should understand. Straight up. If anybody deserves to get paid on the Saints team is Ryan freaking Ramchick. I don't care what anybody says. You can get mad all you want to. You can you can pout. You can all you want. The dude deserves his money. That guy, that guy to me has Hall of Fame talent. I want somebody to disagree with me. I want somebody to tell me that Ryan freaking Ramchick doesn't have Hall of Fame talent. And I'll tell you to go look at games one through 16. Because the dude is a beast. Don't care what nobody says. Don't care what nobody says. The dude deserves every freaking dime. Every dime of his money. You represent the same swag so well. I, I appreciate that, Chris. Thank you, man. If you're from South Carolina, then how did you become a Saints fan? And are you an LSU fan? Rudy, I am from New Orleans, <laughs> okay? I was born and raised in New Orleans, man. I grew up in the Ninth Ward. I went to Lorraine Hansberry Elementary School on Clewis Street in the Ninth Ward. I went to Charles Jake Colton on St. Claude for middle school. And I went to Frederick Douglass on St. Claude ninth grade year and graduated from Culver High School on 3059 Higgins Boulevard in New Orleans. Okay. I went, I had uh went to Dillard University one year, my freshman year, before I transferred after Katrina to Jackson State University. I am New Orleans. I'm about as New Orleans as a high sergeant on French dress. I'm about as New Orleans as 1825 Tulane. I'm about New Orleans as at the beauty mark. We save it all. 
at the beauty mark. We save it all. That's what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm New Orleans up in this name. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't get it twisted. We live in Myrtle Beach right now. Okay. Myrtle Beach opportunities brought us to Myrtle Beach. Okay. It brought us here. All right. You know what I'm saying? But I'm New Orleans. Okay. I, I'm New Orleans like a big shot pineapple. Yeah, did. I'm, I'm a New Orleans like liver cheese. Get it. Hoghead cheese. Where my people at? I'm New Orleans like Magnolia Stoke. Right? The Galvis Pharmacy. Man, y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Come on now. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. Don't do that to me, Rudy. We, we certified here, man. We certified New Orleans over here. Ain't nothing changed but the letters on the mail. But we still in New Orleans. <laughs> I believe we need to get rid of the Pro Bowl. It's nothing but a popularity contest and hardline. Anyone watch it? Yeah, yeah, I believe it. Nobody watches the Pro Bowl. Uh, that's the talk. Exactly, man. DLP, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Hey, New Orleans like Swagmans. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Swagmans on old Gentilly. All right? You know what I'm saying? I ain't talking about the Swagmans over there off the Legion Fields in St. Claude. I'm talking about old Gentilly. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> New Orleans like catching a broad bus with a bus ticket. <laughs> Big shot New Orleans made. Yes, sir. Donald, you already know. I love hoghead cheese. My dad from New Orleans, he was from Gretna. Well, my family is uh, from Golden Meadows. Okay, shouts out to your family, man, from Gretna. TJ New Orleans like shrimp, fried rice, and chicken wings at the corner market. Yes, sir. Okay. China Inn. You know what I'm saying? We didn't we, we even go to the corner market like that, man. We went to the China Inn on Franklin Avenue, man. That's my stomping ground right there. That Win Dixie. That Papa Seafood Deli. Man, what y'all talking about, man? Come on now. Stop it. I'm New Orleans like that Win Dixie L. Franklin across the street when that churches was right there before they changed it to Papa Seafood. Man, y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Some of y'all, some I probably lost some of y'all, but some of y'all, I'll be like, nah, y'all here. Y'all know what it is. Who that? Tell them, TJ. They don't know. Hey, hey, I got them stories, okay? New Orleans, like, catching that Galvis bus. Yeti. <laughs> Nothing like Deanie from Bucktown. Yes, sir. So New Orleans, like, Shoe Town. Yes, sir. Man, I'm reaching some folk now. Facts. The window Chinese on Franklin and K-Bone hit different. That's what I'm talking about, man. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Franklin Avenue. Go over there to that Pizza Hut over there in the cut. Go over there to that, you know what I'm saying, to the, to the gas station over there. Get a pick three. Come on. What are we doing here, man? Come on. Where my folk at? Where my New Orleans people at? What about man? <laughs> yeah, man. Shots out, man. Roger, man. Roger know what I'm talking about here, man. Yes, sir. Thank you very much for the five dollars. Yo, TJ, uh, you ever been uh to the walkthrough zoo in Myrtle Beach? Have a walkthrough zoo. No, I have not. No, I haven't. I haven't been there. Uh-uh. I've been to the aquarium though. Win Dixie still open? I don't, I don't know if that Win Dixie still open. I think it may be Save a Lot. Last time I was down there was Save a Lot. Whoever's still in New Orleans or Franklin Avenue is 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 it uh, still Save a Lot? I know it's not Win Dixie no more. 
laying a Pro Bowl on Roger Goodell when he took it out of Hawaii, uh, which made no sense at all. I think they just need to scrap the whole thing. I mean, they didn't even have a Pro Bowl last year, but who cared? Well, I honestly, who cares? I didn't. Will the real 504 stand up? I repeat, will the real 504 stand up? Born and raised from Gulfport, Mississippi, visiting New Orleans every year. Yeah, the Chinese restaurant on Franklin Avenue, the best. Man, y'all know what I'm talking about, man. Get that shrimp fried rice. That's cool, Jerry. That's yeah, cool, man. Look, the golf, you know what I'm saying? Gulfport, uh, all that, man. You know what I'm saying? That area right down the street. Uh, TJ, uh, New Orleans, like <laughs> a speed trap between Bridge City and Arrowhead. Right. New Orleans, like Blue Bayou. That's more bad rules right there. <laughs> that's 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 chosen that's chosen neck of the woods right there. <laughs> but jazz land you know what i'm saying we talk about jazz land in the east before it became six flags it's still win dixie okay okay tj that aquarium is real nice uh need a need a couple more fish up in there for me inevitable need a few more fish it's not the aquarium of the americas you know uh it's still a couple when Dix is still open. Yeah, I know they got one on Chef, you know, Chef Mentor Highway. Uh, that one had been there forever. Nolan, a house and a longtime Saints fan. I'm taking a trip to New Orleans. What spots uh, should I check out? Uh, one, shop, one spot I definitely go to every single time I go back to New Orleans. First off, I got to go back to the hometown corner store, Magnolia. Shouts out to Big Big Rye, Big Al out there. Um, and I definitely have to go to Cajun Seafood on Claiborne. I, I, de- I, go, I have to go there. Got to go there and get me that shrimp and fish plate. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 I go there before I even check into a, a place to stay. You know what I'm saying? Like if I don't, if I don't uh, you know what I'm saying, be chilling with my brother at his crib, you know, like that's the first. I, I stopped there before I, I, I check into a hotel. <laughs> I was born and raised in Metairie, Louisiana. Yeah, uh, Chris, man, look, shouts out to Metairie, Louisiana. Bad Rouge, yes, sir, man. Blue Bayou Water Park. Uh, man, I'm in Philly these days, but I'm West Bank, <laughs> like Perino Seafood uh, by the Harvey Tunnel. Man, that's that's my stepdad's um, stomping around around there, man. And rest in peace to uh, Mr. J, uh, Mr. Benjamin Poole, man. He was from Harvey, Louisiana, my my stepdad, he's from Morero. So, yeah, man, shout out to the, those individuals. Rest in peace, Mr. J. He was a real big Saints fan, too. King says, right in the hood in the third ward. Y'all talking about, man. My my uncle, shout out to them, man. They went to Peter's up there by the by the jailhouse, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> by the court. <laughs> yeah, man, my, my, before it became Israel Augustine, uh, they actually went to uh to Peter's. I don't know why my grandmother sent, like, my – uh my uncles to Peters. I, I don't know why. I don't know why they went to school way uptown. I, 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 I never understood that. I mean, we stayed like in the nine ward and we used to have to like, I mean, I can remember her like riding down broad just to go pick up my uncles from Peters. Like when I was a kid, I, I just never understood that. I, I, I always wondered. And I'm pretty sure my uncles uh, watch this show. So if they're, if they're looking at it right now, Feel free, Jerry, to, to explain to me why grandmama sent y'all to Peters. I, I, I never just understood that. Mm. Born and raised in Montague, Louisiana, still live there 41 years. Greg, uh, I, hey, ironically, uh, my grandmother's, uh, you know, house was on Montague Street in New Orleans. So 
Um, in between, like some some of the tough times, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, used to stay with my grandparents uh, on Monarchy Street quite a bit. So, yeah, that's my old stomping ground right there. Don't forget the wing shack uh, by the Lafitte, TJ. <laughs> my mom, man, my mom wouldn't let me go nowhere near there, man. But I know what you're talking about, though. Uh, to be honest, I visit Louisiana every weekend only because my dad, who is also from Gulfport, lives in Kenner and works in Metairie. Okay. Hey, man, that's that that's the area right here. And we reached a part of the show where we can just kind of drift off and, and taking trips down memory lane. <laughs> Cajun seafood is fire. Yeah, that's my favorite place right there, man. That's my favorite place to go to. New Orleans, like Children's Hospital on Chapatulis. Yeah, man, I've been I've, I've, I've been there a couple of times. Um, I was a I was a uh, accident prone kid. Uh, Claiborne Espinade Manchu chicken is the best. Yeah, yeah, they they pretty doggone good too. TJ, if Sean Payton uh resigns or uh gets fired, what coach would you hire to replace him? Um, (laughs) that's a good question. Who would I get to replace him? I'm a Jim Harbaugh guy. I, I I like Jim Harbaugh. I just think Jim Harbaugh is not a good college coach. I think he's a good pro coach. I would say Jim Harbaugh would be uh, high on my list. If I can get any coach I want, Mike Tomlin would be on that list. Um, Lovey Smith would be on that list. You know, guys like that. I, I convince, try to talk uh, Tony Dungy coming out of retirement, something like that. You know, one of those guys. Um, but Jim Harbaugh would be on the top of my list. I think Jim Harbaugh is a really good coach. Uh, I just don't think that he's a, a good college coach. I think he's a better pro coach. I'm learning a lot more about Louisiana and I am in half uh, hour and a half, uh, hour and 20 minutes uh, from Gulfport to Kenner. Okay. TJ, I'm from the Night Ward Desire Project, but went uh, to Walter Cohen. Man, got a dog, man. Got a dog. <laughs> no, you got up early, bro. Got a dog. <laughs> no, you had to get up early to go to school. I grew up right off, uh, right off Chef. Okay. All right. Right off chef. Okay, man. man shouts out to my uh my my uncle Sherman, man, who recently passed away. Man, he used to live like right off chef. Used to live right off chef. Uh New Orleans like a strawberry daiquiri at the lakefront with your girl at sunset on a Friday. Eugene, you almost had me until you said Friday. Everybody know. I, I don't even need to tell everybody. Look, somebody tell me. When is the lakefront popping the most? Okay, so look, I I know you I'm a I'm gonna know. If you're from New Orleans, by that response, I ain't even gonna tell you when is Lake Ponza train popping the most. Where my folk at? What day? Exactly. There we go. Sunday, <laughs> King. Sunday. <laughs> oh man, yes sir. Car show. There we go. There we go. Rob. Sunday. Kendall. Sunday. Rudy, Sunday, <laughs> Chosen, Sunday. <laughs> Y'all know, man, that's, that's what I'm talking about, man. That New Orleans folk right there, the late would be popping on a Sunday. Now, Friday, that's a good day for your girl, man. Go out there, St. Rock Seafood, get yourself, uh, you know, or you can go to the seafood spot not too far from the Bunny Bread Factory. You go out there, got your crawfish, get your, you know, get your corn on the cob, get yourself some newspaper, 
lay that thing down, eat just some crawfish out there, look at the water, good romantic spot, you know what I'm saying, be able to chase your girl up a hill, you know what I'm saying, y'all y'all know how it go, man, but Sunday, that's when everybody show up and show out, that's when everybody had their cars out there, that's when all you had the, the guys out there selling tapes out the back of their trunk, that's when you had, uh, you know what I'm saying, the, the trap boys out there and all that other stuff, okay, it was on Sunday. Uh, TJ, uh, what do you know uh, about we never close? Oh, bro, come on now. Why are you going to disrespect me like that, Nolan? What I know about we never close, what what you know about that kicking chicken plate? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> kicking chicken plate. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> hey, not only do we talk about Saints, we talk about New Orleans as a whole. Yes, we never close. Kings of the kicking chicken plate. That's right. That's when that's when they went stingy with the chicken. Now it's like chicken be about that small. I'm talking about when that chicken was plump, swole, cock diesel chicken. You know what I'm saying? Get about 10 pieces with some fries. Man, my goodness. That was some good eating right there, man. That was some good eating. Man, y'all take y'all taking your boy back. Under the bridge on Sunday. Uh, I lived off Drex Avenue. Oh man, I knew exactly where you stayed at. You didn't stay that far from where I stayed at at one time. I I I used to stay, I used to stay off Rabbit Street, man. Um, at one time, Drex wasn't that far from there at all. TJ can't wait to the Saints draft Lamont Harrison. Me too, man. Can't wait for that day, <laughs> whoever that is. I miss Tasty Donuts, TJ. Uh, I was more of a McKenzie's guy. I wasn't really big on the Tasty Donuts. On Claiborne under the bridge. Yeah, that's that's Mardi Gras stuff right there. And second line stuff. Skating ring on shuffling to a highway. I couldn't skate worth a good guy. You know what? Um, but I, I've been there before. And I, I bust my tail quite a few times on field trips. Uh, bro, you took me all the way back with that newspaper under the seafood. But oh man, come on now. I'm not a real big seafood eater. I mean, crawfish eater like that. Like I'm the black sheep of my family when it comes to eating crawfish, but I can remember going out there with the newspaper and, you know, eating a few crawfish, you know, wasn't a big fan. Like, uh, like my mom and my brothers and my sister are of crawfish, but I can remember those days. Definitely. I hope we have Mardi Gras this year. I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, probably 2022, not this year. Uh, I live closer to Baton Rouge than Nola. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you live close, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't nothing but like an hour, you know, hour away. I heard Morgan City had the best donut, uh, some donut shop in Morgan City. Okay. Have to check that out. If Breeze doesn't sign with New Orleans in 2006, Saban probably stays in Miami and the whole landscape of professional and college football is way different today. Inevitable. Um, I know a lot of people like to say that theory. Drink a little water. I know a lot of people like to make that theory, but I think that people make that theory. They they completely dismiss the greatness of 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 Sean Payton as an offensive play caller. Like people just automatically just assume Nick Saban would have got Drew Brees and Drew Brees would have been what he was today. I don't believe that. I don't. I don't believe that Drew Brees would be the all time leading passer. I don't feel like Drew Brees would be considered as one of the greatest quarterbacks to play. I think that people dismiss 
Sean Payton. And, you know, I feel like that's kind of disrespectful. You know, I think Sean Payton is the mastermind. I think Sean Payton put Drew Brees in these positions. I think Sean Payton was the one that was burning the midnight oil coming up with these plays that was beneficial to Drew. Now, you do need you do need a, a guy who is a, you know what I'm saying, a guy that goes out there and pulls the trigger. But at the same time, you know what I'm saying, like Sean Payton is a really good play call. And I understand, like, you look at Nick Saban, but Nick Saban, who is a really good coach in college, is, is uh, kind of a tad bit different, right? Because if he's going out there recruiting his tail off and you're getting four- and five-star athletes, you're getting the best players in the country to come to your university, of course, they're going to end up being really, really good, right? And you and you combine that with some of the best coaches that teams have to offer, of course. But when you're looking at the NFL – you might have a really good player on this particular at this particular position. He lacks at this position. He might be good at this position. He lacks at this position, and you have to turn that into a team. And I feel like by us saying that, it is it's funny to say, oh, what would have happened? Yeah, he probably would have went to Miami, but would he would have would he have been what we see it uh, see him as today? I don't know. I think that if you say that, it's like you're dismissing. Sean Payton's greatness. You know, that's that just, that just my honest opinion. You know, Sean Payton helped Drew Brees to be who we see him as today. And I think we need to give him a little bit more credit than that. Because who's to say? If, if he would have went to Miami and uh, Sean Payton would have ended up getting Tony Romo, would Tony Romo, will we be looking at Tony Romo differently today? We don't know. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty because we're basing what we think about Tony Romo on what he did with the Cowboys. But who's to say if, I mean, because Tony Romo was Sean Payton's first choice. So who's to say if Sean Payton would have got his hands on Tony Romo, would we be looking at Tony Romo differently? If Nick Saban would have got his hands on Drew Brees, would we be looking at Drew Brees the same way we look at him today? It's an interesting conversation. It's easy. It, it it's easy for us to say that because we are looking at the outcome based on different situations, you know. But to me, I think that people are dismissing. You know, I think people are dismissing the greatness of uh, uh, Sean Payton as a head coach. So I, I don't know. Uh, Payton is also a great recruiter. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know now because uh, they, they've been swinging and missing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, you know, a couple a couple of years ago, right, they, they was trying to get in Dominican Sioux. Uh, he didn't come here. Uh, they ended up trying to get to David and Clowney, and he didn't come here. <laughs> like, uh, they, they was, at one time, uh, we thought that, you know, Richard Sherman, before he actually went to San Francisco, we had a chance of getting him. I couldn't get him. So, I mean, I don't know. Like, is he that great of a recruiter? I don't know. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, swing and a miss. I mean, TJ Carey, right? That was that was one of them top uh, cornerbacks that was in the free agent market recently. Uh, you know, he came to New Orleans, had a, had a sit-down visit, talked a little bit, and left without a contract. I mean, I don't know, man. How great is he as a recruiter? <laughs> I'm, I'm just i'm just wondering 
Greg says you uh you just said a mouthful, TJ. It is uh showing picking up. Yeah. Uh Raiders will win. Raiders will win you. I don't know, I don't know what that means. Imagine Pape took a Green Bay job. Does Breeze still sign with New Orleans? Yes. Yes, he does. Because Sean Payton wasn't the reason why Drew Brees came to New Orleans. Hurricane Katrina was the, the, the main focus of why Drew Brees came to New Orleans. I mean, if you want to be real, because here's the reality. <laughs> here's the reality. Uh, Sean Payton was not a fan of Drew Brees when he first got here. Like, we can say that now oh, they love each other or oh, it's a partnership – he was not a fan, like like how we are right now. Like he was iffy, and especially like I've heard on several occasions, people like Mike Detaille and and other people that have been following the team, watching Drew Brees when he had his first training camp. He did not look like this, and I think what I can't remember if it was Mike Detaille or some other reporter said. Sean looked and said, "Ah, man, do we are we sure about this guy?" So. Drew wasn't, you know what I'm saying? Drew wasn't like on Sean Payton's like main list. It was Tony Romo. If if um Bill Parcells would have allowed Sean Payton to grab Tony Romo, Tony Romo would have been a saint. I mean, it would there wouldn't have <laughs> there wouldn't have been no Drew Brees. But Drew Brees came here because of Hurricane Katrina. Like Drew Brees always talks about. Like when Sean Payton was driving through the city, he was uh, showing Drew Brees around. They got lost and they ended up going into like areas that was completely devastated due to Katrina. And he looked at his wife and Sean was like, man, he ain't never coming here. But that was the sole reason why he ended up coming here in the long run. Now, I'm pretty sure like Sean Payton, uh, you know, I'm here and I got these plays for you, this, that and the third that helped. But Drew often says that Hurricane Katrina was the reason why and him seeing that devastation and him feeling like him and his wife, uh, you know, were, you know, could have been of service to the uh, to the city during that time. So, yes, he would have ended up being here to me, regardless who the coach was, because I think he felt like it was a higher calling that got him here. So, yes, he would have he would have came, in my opinion. Hey, TJ, when was the last time you had a good gumbo jambalaya and a sauce picante? Um, I don't know. The last time my mama cooked it. <laughs> been a while. Uh, Tony Romo was going to be the guy. Yeah, that's who he wanted. Didn't get cloudy either, which ended up being the best thing to ever happen in the long run, which I kind of I kind of called that. You know, I kind of called that. I, I was glad that didn't work out. And as y'all can see, the Saints were okay. But it worked out outstanding. Yep. You have a Saints apron, too. That's awesome. I love cooking. I have five different dry rubs. I made my own hot sauce and barbecue sauce. Well, you'll get along with my mom because she does the same thing. Anthony says, sup, black and goals. Anthony, thank you for being here. Appreciate that. Had mama's uh, craw- crawfish bisque and Creole gumbo for a straight-up week when visiting home. Got my mind right to the next visit. Yeah, man. Uh, that's one thing that I love, like, I have to get my mama to make some barbecue ribs every time I hit town. My mama can make the heck out of some ribs. Uh, I called that Hendrickson would be a beast. Yeah, I kind of called that too. I kind of called that. Somebody argued me down. Man, Trey Hendrickson ain't going to be that good. 
if he was that good while he ain't starting. I haven't heard from that brother. Not not you know not recently. What where you where he was at? I bet that boy a free t-shirt and everything. You know, I, <laughs> I ain't seen him since. I remember back in the day we were going hard to get Dion and ended up signing. He ended up signing with San Francisco, which was a smart decision. Clowney got 10 million with the Browns. Uh, he gets that bag, but not going to do nothing. I don't know, man. Look, Jadavia and Clowney got the best agent in the world because how they finesse these teams into, you know, mediocre talent, you know, and making it seem like they, they really need him. Like, it's amazing. I don't know how they do it. Unleash Harris. I think they're going to do that. Straight facts. Man, here's the reality. All right. Uh, I want to go back to Deontay Harris before I get up out of here. Um, I think that he's going to be a much better player because now he can be a downfield threat. I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to make a lot of plays. I think he's going to be extremely explosive as long as he stays healthy. Um, I'm I'm going to love to watch him play. I like watching Deontay Harris play anyway. Anytime he get the ball in his hand, it's like, watch out. You know, I, lo- I love uh, the way that he plays the game. Um, the way that he can see the field. You know what I'm saying? The way he, it, it, you know, it, it seems like he knows he's like two or three steps ahead of, of uh, the defender that's going up against him. It's like he already think about the next move he's going to make, you know, while, before he even makes the move, you know, the first move. It's amazing. Nate Burleson always had a good agent, too, slightly above average, always getting paid big money. Uh, I can see why uh, Nate Burleson always uh, seems to get the bag because he's a charismatic, charming guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, watching him on uh, NFL Network, uh, CBS Sports, uh, being a part of the commentator crew on Sundays, I can see why. You know, he's a, he's a charming guy. You put him in a room, he can sell himself. He's a smart guy, uh, you know, uh, really fast, uh, you know what I'm saying, talented to a certain extent. It wasn't like, uh, you know, all pro talent or anything like that, but that was a place for him. Eugene says, just shoot SOTS into my veins, mainline it. <laughs> I appreciate you, Eugene. Appreciate that, man. Appreciate that. And we're going to finish it up with DLP. DLP says Clowney bombed out in Tennessee last year for 15 million. That's okay. Clowney will be out of football if he doesn't pan out this year. DLP, I tell you what, what it, it won't be um, any slow singing or flower bringing uh, for Jeff David and Clowney because he has made hand over fist with dollar bills. Okay. So he, he, he going to be all right. Right. Regardless of what we may think about. All right. At the end of the day, he made a lot of money. And he needs to thank the Lord above for the agent that he got, because I don't know how that agent do it. I don't know how he does this Chris Angel, uh, David Copperfield type act, you know, finessing these teams out of all his money for a guy that never had double digit sacks, a guy that played the opposite side of of, uh, arguably the greatest defensive end in NFL history. And J.J. Watt always was hurt. Uh, always had a toe here, a knee here, an elbow here. Every time that boy hit the field, you heard this. I just didn't understand it, man. I don't know how this dude just constantly get paid, but 
That's how it goes. But thank you all so much for checking out the State of the Saints podcast. Really do appreciate it. Much love to each and every one of you. Thank you for spending time with yours truly. Thank you to all those that that made this show what it is by doing, you know, donating and also, uh, you know, your comments and, and your questions. Appreciate that so much. Want to let you know before we get up out of here, State of the Saints podcast T-shirts are still available. Still have a few left. Uh, if you want to purchase a T-shirt, you can use this at a cash app, dollar sign State of Saints, or you can go to uh, PayPal and, and search uh, State of Saints, uh, State of the Saints podcast. Uh, so um, still got a couple shirts available for those that may want to purchase a shirt. State of the Saints podcast. Thank you to Manscaped.com, the sponsor of the State of the Saints podcast. Previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. If you love the State of the Saints podcast, before you get up out of here, give your boy a thumbs up or Arthur Fonzarelli or what my wife gave me, uh, one of the coolest gifts ever. Give a boy a golden thumbs up. <laughs> Shouts out to my wife, man, giving me this, man. Give your boy a thumbs up right here. You know what I'm saying? Show your boy some love with a golden thumbs up. Thank you all so much. Really do appreciate your time. Uh, go to facebook.com, sir. The State of the Saints podcast, uh, uh, youtube.com, sir. The State of the Saints podcast. Once again, previous episodes available on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor FM. Thank you all so much. Till next time, all I got to say is, who that? <laughs>